what greatly like influenced you to like diverge really like to go for tv from like at 13 because mm. at 13 yes i think 13 we all wanted to like it would be like you feel like yeah i really want to be on tv like it would be a good thing like yeah. yeah everyone is watching you but there has to be like that whole motivation like you know what i actually want to have a show on tv like i, th- I can't do this show like there has to be big motivation <coughs> Okay, so what inspired me or motivated me to join TV and radio? Before, because 13, you do not know what you're going to offer. You don't know if you're really going to do it. So, first, I would say my parents. My mom is very, very eloquent. She's very well spoken. She used to love watching news. And she had these personalities that she would really attach herself to. Like she'd say, oh, you know, this person really does the news well. And she was the kind of person who, because of her eloquence and her confidence and being so well-spoken, she was always chosen as an MC for like the family events back in that day. So I would look at her and how she's doing that. And I'm like, wow, that, that seems like a huge responsibility. But also it comes with so much honor because the respect they used to give MCs those days. Remember, they never used to pay MCs. They would just pick someone from their family who can do it well and do it. Then, of course, my dad. My dad is very creative and he promotes creativity so much. From a young age, we were drawing. We were going to fashion shows. We were modeling in part of the fashion shows. We were showing off his designs. We were going to musical uh, festivals and concerts. And when you're exposed to this at an early age, it gives you that as a, because it gives you the different opportunities that you can have in your life on like a plate. You're like, oh, I went to this show and this person was performing and they were really good. I think I have it in me to do that. I went to this art exhibition and this person really did like a masterpiece art painting. I think I could do that. I went to this show and this person was a really good host or MC. I think I can do that. And now you're doing the whole MC thing. Do you look back and at these big events and you're like, you know, this was actually a dream I had. I remember when I met Juliana for the first time, Juliana Kanyomozi, it was at a... um, at uh, art exhibition, but it was also a fashion exhibition at, I think, Hotel Africana. And I was very young, probably 10 or 12. And she was getting ready. She had people, like, working on her. And, you know, she had this really cute outfit on. And she could, you could tell she was nervous because, like, it was behind the scenes. And she was trying to calm herself down. And, and then she got on stage. And the respect she commanded and the sound that she built it out. I was just like, this is a phenomenal woman. Because just a few seconds ago, she was like a regular person like us. And she got on stage and she was a complete superstar. So I was like, eh, man, that looks like something that I would like want to. Yeah, I, I was blown away. But also the schools that I went to, they encouraged that kind of stuff so much. I went to Lohana Academy. I know most people who went to Lohana do. Yeah, because yeah, we were about that life. I then went to Makere College School, which is all about performing arts. Sure. That is the thing they push the most, and sports. Mm. So you know, I feel. And then I went to UCU. At university is where Ninja C was born, but not so much because of the university. Yeah. I think the university helped to keep me in line. 
teach me the morals, teach me. The university also has this whole um, reputation thing of people are really smart from the university and stuff. Yeah. But then morally, it has like public, it's no public system. Secret. Which one? You see you? It's two worlds, honestly. Yes. I'll tell you. Yes. It's two worlds. There's, you go to UCU and you still want to turn up. Just like, the thing is, university I, I really is university. Even because I was a MOOC and yes. I think most turn-ups were, had to be in Mokono. Like because it's out of town. Yeah, because it's <laughs> out of town. But when you think about it, university generally is a place where freedom comes. True, 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 right? True, true. And with freedom... Exactly. With freedom, there's so many decisions that people are going to take, especially young people. However, again, there's two, two, two groups, I feel, that come from UCU. Yeah. You meet the people who are like down to earth, read their books, do their thing. Yes, they'll go out and party because it's university, but they're not that crazy. And then you have the other group, eh? because they know that they are far. <laughs> and their parents are not going to have any clue what is happening where they are. They really go all out. But also why it's unique is because people assume that it's because it's a Christian university. Everyone is supposed to be all holy and yeah. one. But they don't judge people Actually, in MOOC. Yes, you get, they don't judge people in MOOC. That, that is why the misconception Exactly. They don't judge. Yeah, university. everyone thinks, oh, if you're it's in a Christian university, then everyone is supposed to be like, no, but you... Everyone has a different personality. Just because they're in a particular kind of school is not going to change who they are, ultimately. You mentioned something about the two worlds at campus with freedom. Yeah. How do you as an individual now really keep composed? First of all, also, you are a lucky person, yeah? Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> That's true. Yes, yes, I am blessed. So how do you not step out of this whole, you know what, I, I still have, I have very many options to buy a place, very many just keep in mind, you keep focused mm. actually becoming a media personality. I'm saying this because I have a lot of friends, mm. most of West, and it has not always been that way. We're still fighting, yeah? Mm. Also, the, the, the path of the line of the life you've chosen is the high life. The high life, yes. There are things like drugs, mm. you might not skip yeah. along the way. So how do you really, really, you as an individual come out to be like, you know what? Is it God's blessing or you really had like a plan or you really had like a vision or focus or you didn't? You just talked about God and I remember this verse from the Bible where it says, teach your child the ways of the Lord and they will never depart from them. So that comes down to like parenting again. That's why I was saying like I really have to attribute to my parents. They've raised us in a way where don't take life for granted and everything you have like treasure it you know treasure it and use it to the best of your ability not just to help yourself but to help others my parents are quite humble from the kind of backgrounds that they come from they're both royal they're both you know um esteemed people in society but it's not the essence of their life the essence of their life is happiness you know they really promote unity especially like if you meet us me and my siblings and my parents we're always together we always do things together we show each other a lot of love and as a I result agree. it overflows I see that yeah every day. yeah as a result it overflows to other people so now with those core values and this is important especially for parents who identify because i can tell you all parents whose children end up in this world had a hunch it was going to happen. Like you can look at your child and you just know, mm, 
there is a slight inclination to going into you this know journalism time, yeah. media music dance drama based on how my child is yeah. reflecting the qualities they're yeah. reflecting and the moment she noticed that it's very good to nurture it to encourage it but also to control how they perceive themselves and they want to be perceived yeah you know um to teach them that there are lines you should not cross when you get into the public space there's a way that you need to carry yourself and also put the burden of where they are from on them like you're not just representing yourself, yourself yeah. but you're it's a whole brand and culture you know yeah. all the answers <laughs> true <laughs> so let's talk about you 20 years in the media <laughs> Yeah. What have you achieved like 20 years in media in 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 media like what is that thing you know that you know what you know what in these 20 years it doesn't have to be like tangible and stuff like I've contributed this much to how media was and how I was yeah something like that. Twenty years in media for a Ugandan journalist or media personality means that you've seen and done and reached so many heights, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, the media industry big. twenty years ago is not what it was. How do you mean? It's not what it is now, mm. in the sense that um, the way we gather information, like even when I was posting that tweet on my uh, Twitter yeah. account. The biggest thing that I noticed was the way we used to do things before was so, so, so different. You, it's when you realize the growth in technology. It's when you realize so. the growth in the kind of uh, personalities they're looking for these days mm. in TV. I know this is going to be like popular, unpopular opinion. Mm -hmm. But like as the times go, you realize that those days, because there were so many people who didn't really fancy being in the media the people who were in it were really people who wanted to do it mm. and wanted to be good at it but now because it has become the in thing to be on tv yeah. on radio means that so many people want to do it and it takes minimal um like, work yeah. to select however what uh separates cream de la cream from ordinary is the hard work that they put in and what hard work is there with radio like how do you put up a show and this is like in its entirety i want to understand because just a podcast is like too much too like, much yeah. people see things they see they watch tv they listen to radio and they imagine that what they hear is how things go down but and this is what i was talking about the difference between back in the day and now yeah now imagine right now we have google we have twitter we have facebook we have youtube so much information on like so much information yeah? Yeah, yeah. so surely you should be able to prepare adequately for whatever it is that you're going to do and that is why i said that now it's easy to separate cream de la cream from the hard workers because if you go on air and you sound like you have no substance people will be able to tell because yeah. remember they're also getting this information on yeah, their else, side yeah, true, so true. now it comes down to preparation delivery so how do you organize yourself One mostly for a morning show that really yeah. gets people like out of bed like you really have to start you, our day you really have to, and you have responsible to do it for my mood yes. and how i'm going to perform in the day exactly if i get bored from what you're going to tell me it's you're just you going to i've kill killed your day control. yes and so it, it has like? to be systematic yes. and when you ask me what have i achieved and i told you experience yeah 
in 20 years, I've met so many people yeah. in the industry, out of the industry, um, people connected to the industry. And every person you meet teaches you something different. Mm. Sure. The people I met when I was joining Teens Club on WBS, the people who shaped me in the right direction, mm. those were crucial because if they didn't want anything to do with me or if they felt that I was not someone worth investing time on, I would yeah. probably not have made it this far. And that's why one of the things that I feel that I have achieved in the 20 years is to be able to inspire and also promote fellow people who I know have the capacity and the talent to be True. personality yeah, you yeah, get yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. make sense to make it this far and, yeah. and not pull up people yeah, with people. you right so i always made it a point if i noticed that someone had a skill or if i noticed that someone really wanted to be in that industry which is again like i said very rare these days true and but also one of the things that people weigh on to like achievement is the people you pull up exactly do you have like substantial like people you'd spot on name like you know what because of my guidance, I have made like a figure, let's say in the media, who uh, I do not know. Or you don't want to make names. N so the thing I wouldn't say yeah. that I made them. Okay, not like making them. Because they worked them. hard. But True. I work with so many young people. Most of the people that I work with are younger than yeah. me. Yeah. For example, I remember the person who vividly sticks in my mind is Martha Kay. Yeah. I occasionally would have conversations yeah, with her because yeah, she yeah, wanted yeah. to be in this you know kind True. of business and i've seen that she's used some of this advice and i like the direction she's taken she's and True. she's doing well yeah marita is younger than me believe it or not and we have worked on so many projects oh and yeah. actually sure. the thing you find with working with young people yeah. is how exposed they are so they teach you something in return same thing with sabrina uh same thing with um there's so many that I can't name. Derek, mm. who's my current co-host, he's younger than me, but you know we've learned from 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 each, each other. other. Plus, now you bring on the experience, and it the blend just exactly. But you were asking me, um, how do you maintain, like for example, a good radio show or a good True. TV show? One, you must always be open to learning, mm. because like I said. With this digital era tomorrow, there's a new website that's coming up. You have to learn how to use it. You have to learn how to be conversant with it and use it to get more following, but also to deliver your message out there. Then there's the preparation part. Mm. That I learned from one of my biggest mentors who's called KK. Oh, yeah. KK is He's a household true. name yeah, in, in yeah, the media. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, one yeah. thing he used to say, never leave anything to chance. Because yeah. like you said, people are listening to us. People are watching us. True. And we could make or break their day. Mm. How about you focus on making their day? Do the research. He would That's sit like with a pen and a paper for the... How many years did he do that show? Was it six, eight years Crazy. when he did uh, the exit? Exit. And I was sit. like an addict to the exit. Yeah, he would this. sit and write all the data that he was going to do on his show. And then he would put a twist on it. So you have to make it relatable, right? Because yeah. we are in Uganda, Kampala is super hot. You can't start talking about winter and, yeah. uh, you know, things that people here can't relate to. Unless, you know, you have a huge audience from the diaspora, but even True. then, you know. It's really tricky if you're... Then in a world where there's, like, so much information... Yeah. And you are you cannot... It's that there's a very thin line between what's fake and what's real. Yeah. Because there's so much people giving so much opinion on so much stuff and everyone really thinks they have researched their stuff yeah. how do you select this information like how do you know that you know what this research i'm making is what i want to give my people for well, like a brand that is too big where like there's very many exactly. listeners yeah. yeah 
I love the media so much that mm. I actually did it as like a professional course at university. Ah, you said it. Okay, right. So yeah, when you sense. do mass communication, mm. they always tell you like verify your information before you put it out mm, there. True. It's like one of the basic rules, right? So you always have to make sure that your sources are legit. You're not going to go and pick something from TMZ and speak it and as speak. the gospel truth. But right? tell you what, I have listened and <laughs> not mentioned. I have listened to shows, not just morning shows, but to shows where people are getting content from TMZ, yet they really know it's just clickbait content. Yes, but if it depends on what segment you're doing. If it's a segment for celebrity news, then it's fine. Because yeah, no one, yeah. it's not going to affect anyone's life. You know, like. But it does, it does. Let me, and let me tell you something about the media that... Um, I have realized from from other people, from other conversations I've had with people, mm. there's some like celebrities who've gone into like real, real hardcore depression because of how they've been talked about. And I'm now oh. back to Ugandan level, yeah, because yeah? it really impacts someone. Once it's said out on I radio, um, I, I was at some point listening to XFM. I won't mention the show. Mm. So this person stigmatized cats. So mm. I wondered how exactly would this person feel if they listen to that so it's also about delivery yeah you said how in that world with so many million so much, stories yeah, exactly. how do you see yes. first you get the factual information right yeah and then delivery is also something to do with personality true you get yes there are some people who, who, who yeah. are like full of hyperbole and exaggeration the moment they say something and you know that's their personality you take it with a pinch of salt because you're like ah, i know this guy like I, I wouldn't trust what he's saying True. and then there's some people because of the way they deliver their information and usually how they put mm. it out there when they say something you're like ha ah, if this person has said this then it is for sure a fact but also i have always tried not to be that attack kind of personality yeah. i think on a whole I don't want to generalize because we always have people who don't appreciate us or like us. Yeah. But I don't have many enemies because I there's a line that I don't like to cross, right? Mm. I feel like people's personal business shouldn't be entertainment. Even it shouldn't make news. Yeah, though, even yeah. if you're on the entertainment scene. But who you're dating and who, who you're hooking up with or who you should have should not have a hold. One of the on. biggest motivators of this podcast was constantly listening to... Um, interviews where they're asking celebrities are you single are you single I, yeah uh, like who are you dating you're dating this other person like where do we have to know who you're having sex with to exactly like, like how is that going to help now us? when it makes news is if you've been lucky yeah. we know you are single but you make it a point to come out and show sure. us your person then maybe i'll be we'll like keeping your business yes true, then, true, then true. maybe i'll be like oh it's nice to see that so and so has come out with their person mm. because that is the statement they were trying to make and it also is helpful Helping them, you know, in their business at the moment. Sure. We have all these celebrities, you know, like if they're about to release a song or an album, they'll put they will some make like an announcement yeah. to do with like a relationship because they know that's the like, information <laughs> that sells. True, they even do a whole photo shoot. Yes, you know, yes. because they're trying to push an album or a song. So if you have some kind of emotional intelligence, mm. you're able to sense where to 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 keep the line, you know, where to. Moral, moral ethics, media ethics is a big thing. Yeah. And I feel like even things like when an accident happens and people are sharing pictures of like victims, if you did mass communication, you know no, that that no, for no. a fact is wrong. Because one, you... So now how do I know as, as someone who has not done mass communication, how do I then Does become Does it sink this? well in your soul? 
Like if your person well, you, know, you know again you don't want to entirely put the blame on the people because you see we're in a world where people really just the camera is so close to us that we want to just show that we have first of all been to the scenes first. We have also been um Are we able to cut? Yeah, we can. We can we, we can, can stop. You were like, how do you tell as a, yeah. a person who is not a media personality? Exactly. No, like because everything is so quick. So quick. Uh, the phones are there. Then also um, the vanity metrics matter. People need to get the retweets in, the, the likes and all that stuff. So it's impulsive when I post. But at what cost? You know? How do I? At what cost? That's why I said it has to be able to sync well with your soul. Unless you have no conscience. And there are people like that. And it's fine. Like at the end of that day... Um, Choosing who you want to be known as is very key. That is why we have branding. That is yeah. why when you think of different media personalities, different things come to mind. And I feel that one of my achievements over the 20 years has been creating a personality which shows so many different sides and showing that you don't have to only be one kind of person to be in the media. You can also be smart. You can also be uh, business savvy you can also be creative you can also join the music industry you can also be a friend but also and I nice i don't think there's a way you would have survived the media world chose you you didn't really choose it yeah yeah that's true like so actually <coughs> literally the media what would you have <laughs> have been doing if it wasn't um, for media I remember do when my parents used to ask me, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I would always say a lawyer. Ah. Yeah. But eh, in retrospect now, when I think about my personality, eh, yeah, yeah, you have to be a certain kind of person, I think. How does it feel, though, to, like, be, in general, like, how is it like to be a general's daughter? Like, how do you live with that from, like, school and so all weird, that stuff? Like, I yeah. was having this conversation just yesterday. And someone was saying, I wonder what it would feel like to be an actor or actress's child. Would you take your parents seriously? Because you would think that they're always acting. And then I told the person, I was like, it's the same thing when people say, what yeah. does it feel like to be a generous daughter? True. Because people have this perception that a soldier is tough. Exactly. It's all about discipline <coughs> and da, da, da. But when we're at home, daddy is daddy. Like, we don't see that side. We only recognize that side in terms of how much he has achieved and how much we see him being taken as in yeah. society. But, again, because of the discipline he has as a soldier, mm. there are things he will not tolerate, like, in his exactly. home, right? True. Like, you know, in general, indiscipline cannot be tolerated. And the moment he notices it, he'll check it. But mm. not in the way where you imagine that he's going to bail you. Because now, like, unfortunately, unfortunately for him, he's a girl dad. Where what like six girls and he loves girls, he yeah. loves his daughters, so he to an extent he would kind of like spoil us. Um I mean why not really? Yeah, yeah. but th his style of parenting is very unique in that he won't shout at you, mm. he won't beat you, he'll just call you to the side and be like, But honestly, why? I don't think that this, yeah, this should have been there. was right, la la la. There'll be moments when his temper will flare a bit, then you'll be like, okay, he is really mad. But those were few and far yeah. between. So, yes, being a generous daughter is really opposite of what people imagine it to be. But it also comes with its challenges in that 
you may feel you're a normal person, a regular person at home, daddy is daddy. Yeah. When you go out there, people exactly. have this perception of you that may be wrong. They think, True. oh, she's rich, she's spoiled, she is, you know, um, of advantage, she has what special favor, things come easy to her. And as a but family, don't they? No, no, no. As a family, one thing that we have really tried to do is one, all of us tried to step out of the shadow of our dad and create our own different personalities yeah. away from that. Of course, you can't completely cut away from him because that's your dad. <laughs> you carry the last name. But also, so. like, secondly, we try to work hard. Right? I, I like, feel that in the depth of... We try, we try to work hard. I can tell you for a fact that all of the opportunities that my siblings and I have had, we have created for ourselves. If my dad has had to step in, it's at the point where any parent would have had to step in. Yeah, but you've just never drawn in your privilege. You don't pull out your, your privilege card. You know? Yeah. Those things of, you know, gamba no, like you're driving on the road and it's past curfew. you only have... So many, so many, right? Chances, yeah. And yeah. also, it's important to realize that not everyone has a positive attitude towards your parent or the government that yeah. they serve. Yeah, yeah. And how actually, do you handle that? And though, actually, right? that yes, is that is a much really bigger challenge sure. than the how privilege. How do you handle that? Like, right. That was going to be like my next conversation. How you handle that? The fact that not everyone has to like or really know what really goes down how people like parents make their decisions and all that stuff the media so they have to will teach you the media will teach you the media are you blessed because you've also been part of the media exactly. so it's okay like you That's just what I mean, as yeah. in the media industry oh yeah we'll, we'll teach, teach you, you. Oh, okay all right all right all right all right all right for example yeah. i'm sure there are family members of mine yeah if certain things were said or written about them they would break they down for sure. but yeah. having joined at 13 yeah you it's can sad. imagine all the articles, You've seen it. all the things that have been said, all the TV interviews, all the radio interviews. And then also my dad putting himself in that public space has trained us. True. <laughs> because people will always say all these things. So it gives you some form of thick skin where you're nonchalant about things, especially if you feel they're not true. Yeah. You get Yeah. The media not just here in Uganda, but all over the world, has the ability to lift you up and make you. But it's also important to note that it has the ability to break you down. True. Right? So that's where you have to be grounded. Mm. You know? Mm. Know who you are. Mm. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. And unfortunately, because you're in a public space, you have to go above and beyond to know your friend to, to really really in those weaknesses and make sure they don't spill into okay. a space that will so you're living very delicate lives of yes, yeah like you're not entirely living me. as the average human being but as i grow older you know it reaches a point where i'm like you know what i'm human and i make mistakes and if they write about it it's fine whatever mistake i know they're going to write about i'm at past the age where it's going to be detrimental to my brand or to who i am as a person like, if I go and I'm seen out up to, like, 3 a.m. having drinks, in this day and age, that's no longer news. Those days, be like, hey, we saw so and so, you know. So it's also about, like, reaching a point where you're, like... You, you're self-aware. Yeah, you're, like, 
my best life. I'm not hurting anyone. This is not affecting anyone else directly. And I'm not, I'm not staggering out the club or, you know, I'm not walking around mm. like naked. And if I am walking around naked, maybe that's my brand, you know? Yeah. Because we have, we have um, some personalities who for them they have a sense of, certain sense of sense of style they have a way they do things and that's okay for them that's who their personality is whatever is being said outside and you find actually that these people are some of the most hardworking. yeah they're doing that because they have they have to they have a cause behind it they're not you see them they're like oh no neck a mini skirt whatever whatever but they're doing it because they have things that they what they're trying to achieve so me, I'm never judgmental for anyone. As long as they're doing their thing, they're not hurting anyone, they're not coming into my personal space and treating me badly. Because I don't, that's one thing I don't like about celebrities. Have you ever felt like the world has judged you harshly as a family and like belonging and... Yeah, but we love each other so much that that's, that, that's the sheltering part, right? If I wake up in the morning and my sister is not talking to me, that's stressful. Like, my dad is angry with me. That is stressful. But people on social media who I've never met, who have no impact have on my life. thought about, um, let's say, if something has happened, where probably they want to come from and consider that, you know, like, you know what, this is where that anger comes from. Yeah. And that's the thing, like also my dad really, really emphasizes logical thinking. I told you my mom, I grew up watching news. She puts facts together and creates like a complete argument. It's, yeah. just, it's never one-sided. Just because we are in a certain kind of era does not mean that we should be blind to the things that are happening around us. My husband has taught me to be actually more empathet empathetic because sometimes popular another popular and op uh, popular opinion mm. privilege will blind you to certain things and it's not your fault yeah and it's not your fault it's how it's important true you need to wake up and recognize and not turn a blind eye and say eh, have you tell me what because the world is round and at some point like it will have an impact on your life so people always ask me why don't you ever comment and speak out on some of these issues? Yeah. Like online. Yes. Because for me, it is, I would rather have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Right? Because that's when you'll feel like you're going to be understood. Yes. Yeah, someone is going to see where you're coming from. Looking like I'm shooting myself in the foot. I agree. Or looking like I don't understand the people's plight. You get what I mean? You never want to be insensitive in these kinds of situations. True. You know? True, true, true. I feel you, I feel where coming from. People get killed during election time. And in your head, a you scotch. have a certain kind of... Several people get killed in, uh, during election time. Yeah. And you have a certain kind of argument that you would form in your head. But the bottom line is several people got killed. These people have families, you know? Yeah. Whether or not they knew what they were doing or should and shouldn't have been doing that, people won't remember that.
people will remember that what? People died. So I would rather <laughs> keep my opinion to myself than go out and disrespect someone's mother or someone's son by saying mm, this has to be done or, or something, yeah. yeah. By saying something uncalled for in a yeah. time. They always say like if you have nothing of value yeah. or addition to add, you would rather hold your peace. You know? Very simple. But it is a challenge. But we always try to be pragmatic. We try to not be blind to what is going on. And on a few occasions, we try to challenge the status quo. And we're like, but guys. How does that work? Of course, it's long winded. Because the thing is, um, our way of parenting, um, let me just use Africa as a sample space, is we don't ever have hard conversations with our parents. They don't, general, they don't encourage us to ask questions. Yes, what they give you is what you exactly. go with. Most of the time. Yeah. And you do not want to really blame them because you see they're making very many sacrifices to provide what they do provide. Yeah. So who are you to start challenging? Your father or your mother? That sapatu yeah. will come flying at you. <laughs> that would be very easy for someone like me whose dad is an average businessman. Yeah. But then for someone like you whose dad actually serves the country. Yeah. It becomes so, so tricky. Because you'd feel like, do you feel like I need to talk to dad about this? But then I can't. We do, actually. That's why I said people see him in a certain way, but at the end of the day, at home he's daddy. Mm. And he's one of those few parents that encourage um, free thinking. Yeah. He'll listen to you and he will argue. You will go up to 3 a.m. Recently, we had a retreat um, in Chihura in the village home. Yeah. Well, Kazo now. And the conversation was. Um, vaccination you and know you're not vaccinated i remember you saying that on the podcast yes, yes. and as a <laughs> on a whole it's still up in the air for debate do we want to keep going and getting booster shots you know like it's a conversation that would happen in, in every household right because yes. you have anti-vax versus vax yes. and this by the way is not just because of covid yes. It's a conversation that has been had internationally from before about, very you know, taking vaccine. your children from vaccination. Like, does it really make sense and things like that? Because, of course, vaccines have always provided effects on some people and what. For me, it's not the effect. It's just that for the other vaccines, like, you know, you're going to go and vaccinate and the child won't get polio. Right? <laughs> or uh, you get that BCG vaccination and, you know, there are some diseases in there that your child will not get. My issue here is like, so I'm going to get a free injection and still have a potential of getting this disease. And even if I get the... Yeah, can still spread it to people and all that. No, as in even if I get the jab, I might have to get another jab and another jab and another jab until the disease completely dies out. So it's right? not certain for very many and uh, let's... And then the COVID conversation because it's really... It's, it is, it is. And, and, and then there are other people in my family who will be like, but guys... Like it mitigates the level of risk that you're putting yourself at. True. You won't end up in a hospital. You so open-mindedness is key. Mm. Basic logic is key. Being able to dissect issues because I can come out of that conversation and be like, you know what? These were valid points that were made. I need to go and vaccinate, but I don't want to do something because the conditioning like oh they said we need to do this so i need to go do that they say i have to, to be a good person i need to go to church every sunday 
it's not robot mentality. Why do I become a better person when I go to church? Like that should be logical. Yes, it's like systematic thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that I'm still doing radio, and so I have to say yes because there's so many other things that I do which are not like this podcast, for example, is audiovisual. And if I didn't think it was relevant because I do radio, I wouldn't be here. But now, let's take, for example, Uganda. Our internet penetration is still low, it is. For urban areas, we're lucky to have a stable, steady internet connection and numbers that can afford to buy data. But in terms of like um, communication and message spread, we have people in Bara, we have people in Gulu, but we have people like in. Again, English speaking yeah. Still appeals to someone ideally who can afford that. Yes. Uh, just because they can afford data does and not like mean they'll say, buy it. <laughs> true. And like you said, there's so much information. So it now comes down to delivery. Okay. Okay. I can listen to a Shiba song on my title, mm. but I have no context behind it. And not even enjoy it until I listen to it on a radio and a presenter cracks a joke that will make me remember every time I hear that Shiba song. You get my point? I get your point totally and that's now... They add... Okay. Radio adds value to content. Yeah? You have like a broader sense because that example really makes sense. I now really see that. But, um, that is why I listen to some music. We get to know some music. And what also, the there is so much information, like you mentioned, and there is so much music. There has to be someone that sieves. Right? If you see the number of people that got their Tidal or their Apple Music or their Spotify, the people who are creating those playlists, some of them are doing it from listening to the music on radio. It's like saying, is bar rotation still relevant for the music industry? Is radio rotation still relevant for the music industry? Very much so. If you put your song on Tidal and Apple and Spotify and think it's going to do well, you might have a challenge. But you know, with, when it comes to music, that's when you have direct control of your music, and that says a lot about how now the creative arts really get from the music. Like we are supposed to ideally push for these. Trends. We do. We should, and we should, and we should. But it's a compliment. No, but it's a. Co- they they should pay you for your music playing on the radio. They, but it should be, and soon we sh- we should be able to. That's why we're trying to push this copyright law for the loyalties. Every time my song plays, I should be able to get paid. You really should. You and get and 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 you when because <laughs> you know the laws have always been there. The copyright law is not really that issue. It has been here for it, it's, it should be more than ten years. You know since we were yeah. Yeah. But of course enforcement 
then the society as a whole, then artists don't really have, they need to make money. So most of the times they personally upload their music to all these black market sites and all this stuff. So there's no direct control who gets the music, but then media, of course, the radio will benefit from the music more than the artists. And Until recently, we didn't have UCC. Okay. That's when a you fair talk point. about regulation, yeah. we did not have the organizations that can push mm. strongly yeah. for these laws to be respected. Just like in the US. You try and put a song on Facebook or you put it on Instagram, it's struck off. Yeah. Your post is struck off. Because they have interacted with bodies and the artists themselves are so keen on making it a point that they work so hard in the studios to produce this music that mm. they don't want it to just go out there for free. Slowly but surely, we are getting there. First, we had to grow the industry. Reach a point where we encourage more and more artists to join, produce quality music, mm. do quality videos that we can now confidently actually export even to the outside. Now, once you grow the industry, then there are other things that come. You know, everything can't just happen at yeah. once. To grow the industry has taken, what, 20, maybe 25 years, right? So step by step, we'll get to that point. And now, because of the pandemic, it has really pushed artists to go online and get directly paid for their music. So now that they're getting that, they will see the value of having control over your music, and they'll push for it even on the TVs and the radio stations. Really hope it works out like you just but, explained but, it. But, yeah. uh, why I was trying to uh, bring this all up was that I don't think that the conversation of is radio relevant should be happening. All, all channels yeah. should be complementary of each other. Well, how do you mean? In that just because we are in the digital age should not mean that a radio station should not still operate. Right? Because if a radio station is bringing the value to the content, then it's still relevant. Very relevant. Now, you mentioned something that really opened my eyes on the actual value. Yeah. The presenter could just add on just one song and it made really song. It's a good sense. Because then, um, then radio also pushes most of the stuff. Yeah. Digital, yeah. So, yeah. Like, so it should be complementary. Same thing with TV. Mm. Now, you as a mother, now you're into business, you have to do a yeah. <laughs> I was telling. Yeah. Well, four. <laughs> it's not so easy. Has to like, how do you balance? Before we go to that daughter bit, mm. it's talk about the morning show with its complications and now a daily job. Yes. And how do you sleep? How do you like? How is the planning life for you? Oh, well, it's planning. <laughs> like you said, it's really intricate planning. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine three days ago and I was telling them that everyone has seasons. When people say, how do you balance? I've come to find that it's not actually balancing. It's prioritizing. So there was a time when I took off time from the industry because I felt I've just had my baby. There is no way that I'm going to balance this small toddler, helpless person with all the other things that I would have to ideally do. 
And so that was my season to stay home and mother. I did the two years, she grew up, grown, yeah. healthy, and then I made the decision to come back. Now, even in the coming back, there's been seasons. That first getting back into the industry, because if you talk to many media personalities, even music artists, they'll tell you once you decide to take a break, coming back is always really tricky. Exactly, that, that was going to be my next point. You know? So that season, that season now became, I love my child, but I clearly will not be spending as much time with her as I used to, because I am working on establishing myself back into the industry, right? And then we go to a point where now things are settling down and I've kind of like put my foot back in that door and, you know, we're working towards more brand awareness and things like that. And then there you can now increase the time that you spend with your child or your family. Then business came. And at the beginning stage of business, it's always really difficult. You have to be very hands-on and there. So I had to now juggle being a mom being on radio and the business and being a wife and being a wife yeah exactly luckily for me the business is with my husband so it's it's actually brought us closer together and then we're able to come up with a schedule which favors me to be able to continue to take care of my child but at the same time i have bosses who i have to appease now i'll be honest and say that it was hard and sometimes my work suffered. But now you get into the rhythm of things and you learn like my time is also valuable. The, you don't have 30 minutes to waste just like chilling or waiting for someone. It's literally, sorry, I have but to go. I need to do this. Is very good experience to like really back that up. It's not like the what? The 13 year from. You started the industry from 13. 13 so years old, yes, yeah. exactly. So you learn, you learn. But it's not the obligations and responsibilities you have at sure. 13 are really not, not fun. I remember 13, like looking forward to but leaving you see, school. The anxiety that comes again, media also comes with that. Now I have to go and talk. The experience really washes yes, away. Yes, because all that, that, that no longer becomes your challenge. Sure. Your challenge becomes like. I need to make sure I'm there on time. I need to make sure the content that I'm talking about is on point. And I need to make sure that I've aligned with my workmate. And I thank God that in my years in this industry, I have been blessed to work with the most amazing people. I don't know how other people's experiences have been because I've had people who complain. People don't want to teach them. People don't want to guide them. People throw them in the deep end. People sabotage them. There's been those complaints. But personally, I have been blessed. Everyone I interacted with since I was 13, mentored, guided, helped. Yeah. They boost you. You know, they encourage you. Everyone is always like, what does it feel like having a co-host? My first co-host was Big Chill. He taught me everything I know, li literally. Like, how to run machines, how to... You know, be confident. That was the evening show. I used yes. to like that show a yes, lot. Yeah, TXR. Exactly. And I was lucky, if I'm to say, because through him, hmm. I have learned what it means to work with a team. Right? Now I'm working with Derek. Derek has energy. He's young, he's vivacious, he's funny, he's, he could do anything he wanted. 
but he also understands that I'm in another phase of life. Yeah. So he's very accommodating in that sense. And that makes right? sense. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah. Um, getting people along the way who build you up and surrounding yourself with people who will motivate you and keep your energy going is really really important my family hmm. has played a big role in that there are times when i'll be like guys i don't know if i can wake up in the morning and still do all of these other things and they're like no you're doing it so well so far like keep going like we're inspired by you like well done and also my husband yes you need that backbone i don't think many husbands would want to be left <laughs> early in the morning uh, to go do all of these other things but as long as you show them that at the end of the day you guys are important to me and when it's your time I'm giving you quality time because it doesn't make sense there are some people who are parents they go home early they switch on their TV they don't know how their child was spent their day so yeah if you're gonna give things time make sure you give them value time like no, don't just do things because you have to get through the day. Yeah. For you as a person, uh, you're into you know, food business, radio and all that stuff. What magazine are you trying to buy? I used to hear people say this about my dad. Like, they say jack of all trades. Mm. But then the way that ends is not really how I'm trying to be remembered. Because I'm trying to be a master of some. <laughs> But just generally, someone who was um, well-rounded. Well-rounded in that I always kept my integrity. I always had my confidence up. And this is especially important for young ladies who are coming up and they feel that there are things they can and can't do. No, you can do anything as long as you put your mind to it. There are no limitations. The only thing that limits you is yourself. You know, so that's for me, that's an important message. When my child looks at me and she sees all of the things that I'm doing and I'm doing them well, when she grows up, she will not have anyone telling her you can't do that. And that is a big, big thing as women we face. You know, men have been branded as if he wants to do that, he will do it. And that's just what's etched in our brains. But no, women will do it and they'll do it better. Yeah. <laughs> That's an argument for another day. <laughs> the women activist in me has come out to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. It matters. Do you want to raise your child the same way your parents raised you? Do you feel like it was an ideal way of bringing Definitely you? better. Yes. Better than how your parents brought you up. Yes. They raised me well. But like we earlier stated, how do you think we as parent, parents? I'm also a parent, meanwhile. So, how do you think <laughs> we should do better than the previous generation of, of our parenting? Because then we are dealing with so much now. For people in the media world, again, it goes back to the parenting. We have um, people dealing with a lot of drug issues. We have that keko thing in the media that it's, to me, it's even just too small. A lot of my friends have been dealing with all these issues. Try, let's say you're trying to like look out for the music or what, the rappers, the ones that are upcoming. You don't just keep the first line and it comes at that cost. So how do you think, what can be a solution? in like, Not like our society, one, 
Um, there's a lot of stigma to even the people that need help. So it's really hard for someone who is battling some of these things to like come out. Most it, it becomes extremely complicated and hard. Then also in your explanation, if you'd just hint on how you just survived, get into because it's almost probably you've not yet even like fully survived it. Good. I know. Exactly. And and some of these things like <laughs> people think that the media industry is what drives people exactly. Which is to do those things. It's just personality that people not in the media industry that. And I don't think that's true. Yeah. The truth is that being in the media industry will expose you quicker because with the nightlife and the people you get to the meet, people you get yeah. to um interact with because you're interacting with a lot of creatives yeah? yeah now the concept of drugs is also interesting yeah the people who genuinely let's say start using marijuana because they need to like they feel like they need to get into some mind of them like they will help get into a place where they have a clear mind yeah and maybe they got logged out and they get taken up like it becomes now but the person like how you start doesn't really matter no the, again the media industry does not lead to people getting into this it just how can i say um expedites the process in that you will be exposed to so much. whatever is it is a that they're offering you or that you need with a snap of a finger but you were asking like how would i raise my child mm. in, in this generation so we have to be one we have to be honest parents I, I honest totally parents. agree with you because i feel like and parents open not honest and open they were loving they, they paid everything they had to do they did their responsibilities but we didn't have honest like, conversations because yeah, let me tell like, you my dad is not like my friend exactly do you know what i mean you like, have to be honest yeah. like for example if you come from a family which is inclined to mental illness or disability or you know it is something that you need to be open with your child about and be mindful when you notice signs in them when they're not okay addictions <laughs> someone will say that person no some some person will look at an artist mm. and say that person started doing drugs or that person started drinking because they became a musician and then yet when you go back three generations back that guy's dad drinks the dad's dad drinks now that says something that in that family they're predisposed to drinking but also it is normalcy it's the culture. It's the culture. True. So if they get into the music yeah, industry, yeah, it will be accentuated because at home, you know, we drink, and now the drinks are here. No one, no one has ever told me that it's bad at home to drink, and not just it's bad. Like explain to your children, or explain to your friends, or explain to the people around you the effects, and then leave them <laughs> to choose. Because at the end of the day, human beings will always be human beings. But have that honest conversation. Have that open and free conversation with your children. Yeah. And let them know. Did, did your dad make this a point? Yes, you? my dad 
actually used to Most tell us know, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Of course, uh, although but also your girl, uh, yeah. so it's hard for like. No, my dad. No, my dad would tell us all the time. Okay, well, for one, they threw us in church. <laughs> so, like I said, that 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 verse in the Bible: "Teach your children the ways of the Lord, and you will not depart from it." So, church kind of like shelters you in a way. But after a while, the sheltering is not enough. He would tell us. My dad used to do this, and I tried to do it. But then I realized there was no positive effect from this, so I stopped. And then I turned to God. I am not perfect. I have made mistakes. And the moment he started having those honest conversations, when we were old enough to understand Sunday, them, yes. we knew we did not have to be perfect. But we need to strive to be the best versions of ourselves. Because at the end of the day, even my da- like between our parents, my dad is the lenient one. Mm. If you do something, he's not going to like really condemn you or he's just going to bring you close and ask, what was the motivation behind you doing this? Do you think in the long run it makes sense? There was never punishment or there might be that slight like raise of voice in anger, but that's, you know, that's understandable. He's disappointed or he's upset. But at the end of the day, are you putting your child to the side and explaining to them why their action has caused you so much anxiety and stress? Or you're just yelling at them and shouting at them. And that's why I said, we need to strive to be better than our parents. Because in most parents of our time's age, they would either just cane you, or yell at you, or punish you, or just very indifferent. They come, they've done their day's work. They've worked really hard. At the end of the month, there will be school fees for you. And that's all that matters. You know? Yeah. The, the, that, that was their goal at the time. I need to provide for my child, give them a better life than I had, and make sure they go to school. Okay. Point blank. Interesting. Now, yeah. um, my favorite rapper, Jay-Z, uh, in most of his interviews, he talks about, you know, he was a drug dealer. Yeah? Mm. How that is like the biggest regret, being in the business of killing other people. Yeah. Now, this business also includes the bar business. Mm. Yeah. There's a conflict of interest there. Yeah, especially because I don't. I'm not really much of a drinker. So, um, even Jesus turned water into wine. Everything, like everything. uh, This is the okay. All right. Everything in moderation. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, but look, um. Talking. You are selling me the, the, the alcohol, right? Mm. And you do not know how much I'm going uh-huh. to take it. That's what I'm saying. Like, again, I cannot control yeah. what But you do you just do. like, do you ever have that conscious feeling of, you know what? Mostly or because right. I don't, I don't okay. personally partake like drink, that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Makes um, sense. From that perspective. But it's like looking even... <laughs> so my weakness, for example, would be like ice cream. Mm. Am I going to feel bad that someone's weight or diabetes is going to be up? Like, I cannot, I, I can only provide a service. True. What you do with the service is on you. And in life, again, the key is everything in moderation. Because even now, yeah. we're having this interview. But if it runs even 30 minutes longer, 
then it's gonna be boring because people don't have the attention span to i don't agree with that <laughs> i don't agree no, but with like that. everything yeah. in moderation or i'll be tired and yeah. like my throat will dry up and i'll start coughing you get what i mean like everything in moderation okay okay i i feel you you get like yeah. everything if you have ice cream in front of you and they've got for you three tabs don't eat all of them because it just doesn't make sense like you'll get diabetes I feel it. Now, uh, let's conclude with the rap thing. Yeah. Oh, your rap music, uh, one, you are like the only female rapper we now have as a country, like outstanding. Okay, apart from the young ones. There are so many. I do not know those. Other. They need to come out. Yeah, they, need they need to come out. Yeah, like established female rapper. Like, if um, anyone talked about female rappers in Uganda, it used to be Keiko so much. Now there's you. Yeah. What do we get from you? Uh, why the rap music? Like, why did you choose rap? It's, it's the because it just uh, came naturally to me. And what's so funny is, like, I see my daughter, and I think she has it too. Right. Her inclination is towards, you know, hip hop music, rhythmic, repetitive sound, stringing words together. She's really good. <laughs> She's really good at that. So sometimes, like you said, thing you don't choose things; things choose, choose you. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why, out of every Genre. genre that there is and i like all music yeah. but specifically hip-hop speaks to me i don't know maybe it's because i grew up in a time you know there's a black x it was a magazine there were those magazines from back in the day and mostly they were pushing rappers mm. you know the uh, little bow wows and little romeo and um asha well asha was like some, at some point like a singer rapper cisco you know like those are the people, the artists that were being pushed at the time when I was growing up. So maybe yeah. that has something to do with it. Snoop Dogg, you know, Eve. Mm. Plus, um, also you're a cool kid, so it was very easy. Yeah, to like yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, and then there's my mom, <laughs> who would buy me these things every time I requested. So it just perpetuated the interest. The, the interest, but also because I feel like I'm good at it. Yeah. I feel like, okay, so many people can sing, and especially girls can sing, and I feel that I can sing, but it's yeah, a unique to quality to write and spit. Like, How do you rate our rap industry as in terms of Uganda? Like the progress? Um, oh my God, it's come such a long way. Such a long progress, way. Then how do you see like the future? How do we compete with Nasty C and all those guys? Those young artists that you're talking about that are still in the woodworks hiding somewhere, they need to be brought up. Um, I wish we had more talent scouts. I really feel like the talent is all over, but... That's what I'm saying, talent scouts. What does the scout do? Someone who is so passionate about the industry that they identify individuals who have that unique skill about them. Because remember, even in the hip-hop game in the U.S., that is how some of these artists came to the forefront. Someone is at a club, is at a comedy night, is at an open mic, is at a freestyle gig. Someone goes on stage, they hear them, boom. Same thing that's happening with What happened to whatever is happening at Sabrina? Exactly. Now, those... Many of those artists, the GNLs and all those guys, there was someone doing that. I think maybe because it didn't profit them Mm. as much, they gave up too quickly. But right now would be 
a good time to get back and start it again. I heard someone like Shadrach is getting back into like management, so hopefully that's a good sign that people are recognizing that the talent is there and yeah. it needs to be brought back. Talent Africa is doing it with Mackenzie being the A&R, mm. and he's really doing a good job with the artists that are there so far. We need are you more. And the Talent Africa? No, but I do. I, I'm highly affiliated because I do a lot of work with them. I do my music from there most of the time. I have done projects like the UG Cipher Two. I'm now doing MC gigs with them. So it's it's one of those collaborative. Yeah, but uh, you're not signed to them. As no, no. Are you signed to a label? No. Do you want to be signed to a label? Do you? Because um, I don't think we have a good experience with labels here. Is it about because again I the two deals, conversations have really hard. Yeah. yeah. Um one I've not really had it. I've read about Keiko's situation yeah. and how Sony had to like shelf her music, yeah. Just to, then I've also talked to the myth and he's like my friend, we like constantly talk. He tells me the best time in his music career and mm. he's like a sounding name in the hip hop world is the time he was managed under kinetic. Yeah. That was like the best time in his music career because he had everything done. He literally just had but to focus on getting the craft yes and right. and the thing is if you talk to him more he'll tell you that the person who was running the label had more interest in fronting the music and bringing out the biggest yeah. potential in the artist oh. and funny enough like he was friends with all the artists that were signed under him so he was doing it from a good place what we have at the moment is that you get management that's taking advantage of the artist. Yeah. And that becomes detrimental to the artist and the brand. But let's really look into the management. Because, um, um, say It for depends on the deal you've signed. Sure. You get Yeah. And artists need to also wake up and be smart and look out for their best interests. But then also, we're not looking at the labels and how much they're putting into an artist to really make them to the contribution because right now yeah. you literally have to make a hit song as the label you have to go and pay the media you have to push the music you have to like there's so much you, you by the time let's say you agree to like a 30 70 it's in its entirety fair enough because, because they're doing all the work all, yeah no you're also putting your creative your creation yeah but then i'm making the creation happen I can tell, I don't know, I, I, I still feel like we can do better. Because you see now like you, uh, do you feel like if you're under a label, you'd be bigger than you are? Definitely, definitely. Because like you're saying, the services that management offers takes away pressure from you and all you have to do is create. Mm. So in that sense, labels are great in that sense. Yeah. But in Uganda, when it needs to become more professional. It needs to become more pure like intentions need to be pure and artists need to be smart about the deals that they're they signing make, yeah. you know mm. and maybe we need more labels so that the competition is high true, you true. get i know that if i'm not here i up, can yeah. cross over here and i'll still have maybe the same or better uh yeah improvement yeah, you get I see that. so uh, I'm still looking for that label. When the I get it, one. yes, uh, n the best one. Have you heard? <laughs> when I get it, I'll let you guys know, and you will see the difference and improvement in my. But I have to give it up to those those managers and, and, really and labels that are really doing a good job. I feel that, um, like you said, it's not easy. Yeah. And we definitely have to give them their flowers while they're here. 
but also artists. <laughs> we need to wake up because sometimes, do you know that the artist is one who lets down the, the exactly. The label? There's that. I was actually just going to you know? bring that up. Yeah. Character, uh, if you if you've reached that, and I think for me that is one of the reservations I have because I don't. I've told you I don't want to do things half half heartedly. Mm. Like if I'm in it, you wanna be in it. I wanna be in it and be like I am a female rapper artist. I have shows, paid gigs. I'm making music every month. I have like three songs shelved in the studio. La la la. So la. right now you're doing music for the fun because you can't achieve all that if exactly. you're still a businesswoman. Yes. If it, yeah. Yes. So on my end, in my that's why I was saying that I feel that there are other artists, uh, female rappers. Who take it like I think Rachel Ray is like her main. Oh, I'd forgotten Rachel. You get yeah. it's like her main focus, uh, and they should get more mm-hmm. recognition because they are doing it professionally. Yeah, I feel you. But I mean, so far so good in terms of. <laughs> I think again branding. Mm. Um, it does help go a long way to become that association when they think of female rap. And that's the other thing that we need from management. Or at least if you're going to be an independent artist, like know how to do it. Our female rappers don't have that. And back in the day, I don't know, like the male rappers used to really come through and help them. Yeah. Even me, I was helped by mostly the male rappers. Right now, I think the male rappers are like, nah. Hands up, let them sort themselves. So I guess it's up to us, the old school female rappers, to bring something the like yeah. yeah i feel yeah you should really do that it will be it also contributes to like legacy when people are like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's true i mean maybe i should add that to my 2022 <laughs> resolution and it will be from the podcast so uh <laughs> what last second last kind of like question but it's not like a question it's oh my god it's just getting out of my head but anyway it's mm. uh what inspires the upcoming album? I know there's an album coming because I've listened to you on the Soyuji podcast. Yeah. Yeah, what inspires the album? What's on the album? Life. <laughs> what's, Life. What's, what's the album about? Like, how do you come up with an album as an artist? <laughs> do you like drive through AR thinking, then you write down that, okay, this will do like a good song? I think different artists have different processes. No, no, for you. So my first EP was called Ninja Attitude. Yeah. And uh, it was a compilation of all the songs that I did on the come up. <laughs> so the mind state that you're in when you're in the come up is completely different from when you've settled in and you know you've gotten some experience. But at the end of the day, all songs are inspired by circumstances, right? So the return of the ninja in HD is basically. I've been gone. No, and back. while I was gone, this is what happened. And this is who I am now. That's basically the, you know, the gist of it. Like, guys, I've been through some things since you last heard from me. Mm. And now you need to hear all, all about them. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And right. obviously the lead single, well, not the lead single, but the first single that's off that is pick up the phone. And in these COVID times... <laughs> Yeah, we I remember you had like the COVID when we're getting into the COVID you're like into some depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had that. In these yeah. times like communication was so essential. You know, if you couldn't get to your person or your people no, through babe. the phone or through the different social media applications, you would really struggle because remember you can't go anywhere. Mm. You can't see anyone. You're in your home dealing with your personal demons face to face. No escape. Yeah. 
and I wasn't working at that time. So until later, I think the second lockdown. So communication becomes very key. So the inspir- that was basically pre- pretty much the inspiration behind pick up the phone. Like, please, I it's 3 a.m. We need to chat. Like, we need to talk. Like, I'm struggling. But it's a dance song. It's a happy feel good. So you're not going to put all your struggles in, in your there. first song back, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's basically it. Yeah. All right. Okay. What is that one thing that uh, everyone else considers valuable, but you don't? Money. You don't consider money valuable? I said that too quickly. I know if I'm going to be like this chick. <laughs> you pray, yeah. That's why wouldn't you consider money valuable? You're speaking that from a very privileged angle of life. I know, yeah. But that's what it is, right? No, but even without the privilege, I've seen, I've gone to places up country and people are so at peace. Hmm. They're living their best lives. But when you look at the monetary um, yeah. impact on them, yeah. or value around them, it's really not that big. Yeah. So what does that mean? They are content with what they have. And for me, that has always been like my... Um, the thing that sustains me through life. Like what I have is enough. Hmm. And it will get me to where I need to be. Just because I have privilege doesn't mean that I don't struggle or I don't go through ups and downs. And there are those ups and downs that money can't fix. So, yes, maybe I'm able to say that confidently yeah. because I don't know. Yeah. For, it's not and like because I it's you. Yeah, I yeah. can't say like for the most part of my life I have struggled to make money. So I know what that's like. But I do feel that as long as you have God... As long as you have family, yeah. as long as you have hands, a brain, and a good attitude, good life. you can always make it through life. I agree. You get Like, you can always make it through life. You can always hustle your way and find a way to make it to the next day. It may be tough. It may get better. But you've made it to the next day. Mm. Right? And you've made that money. Because what's the point of having money when you don't have hands to work? You're not sustaining the money. You're making generational wealth. What's the point of money if you're not happy? You, you don't have a family. You speak on God a lot in most of your answers. Yeah. Do you understand the concept of God? Do we? Uh, does anyone? I feel like God is... Are like, you like attached to Christianity because you have to or because your parents born I Christian? I always tell people, for me, I'm not religious. Mm. I'm spiritual. spiritual. I don't, I don't, because <laughs> I feel like religion comes with like rules and ways that you're supposed to do things, which is also okay because yeah. it helps us stay within that. Yeah, moral it's like a eh? nice belief system. Yeah. yeah, it keeps us insane and in order. But I believe in God because I have so many testimonies of His blessings in my life, like so many things that I've done and would not have been able to do. Like, people ask me <laughs> this balancing thing, right? I still say it's not balancing because it's about prioritizing. prioritizing. Yeah. But to be able to keep up with it all, it's God's grace. Because first of all, he has given you life to wake up every morning and continue doing what you're doing. Mm. Two, he's given you opportunities because what is juggling if you don't have the opportunities to juggle? And three, he's given you the grace 
to do them well. Because yeah. it's one thing to juggle things Nayenga, when whenever you're getting calls and complaints from different people. So I just feel like as an individual, whatever you believe in, you have to know that there is something beyond your physical strength. Whether you're Indian, you're Muslim, Buddhist, atheist. Has God made you you for now? Okay, but you'll say yes because do you think only that what has okay, actually the question is what has made you you and this is uh, like like last question what has made you you now what has built you to become like that power that willpower is it like you meditate and get your uh, shit like what hmm. makes your day is it like you're that like you're that spiritual what are your core values as a human being that you know what this just keep me in line regardless of how we're living life hey, just talking to god and people yeah, talking to God and people. Because I learn something every day from the people that I interact with. The core people being my family, mm. 100%. Okay, great. Thank you. This was a lovely <laughs> Is it because day. I said that if we go 30 minutes longer, the podcast will be boring? <laughs> Thank you, Mark. This was fun. <laughs>